Let's start your holiday shopping off the right way. Order yourself a copy today of my new book, Christmas Past, The Fascinating Stories Behind Our Favorite Holidays Traditions. It'll keep you feeling festive all season long. Available in hardcover and ebook from Lions Press, and as an audiobook from recorded books narrated by yours truly. Available at all your favorite online booksellers, and remember, it makes a great gift. Halloween has come and gone, and we're entering the second week of November. The Christmas season is officially here, and you know it's true because Mariah Carey said so. Maybe you're like me and you're already putting up your Christmas lights. If you're like most people, those Christmas lights are the modern LED kind. And for all the many benefits they provide, including being longer-lasting and more energy-efficient, there's something lacking. They just don't have the same glow of the classic incandescent bulbs. Those are the kind I grew up with, and those of us of a certain age can attest that they cast a uniquely Christmassy light over everything surrounding them. For decades now, the choice has been vintage bulbs, which are only available on places like eBay or garage sales, and modern LEDs. But that all changed just a few years ago when an artist in Michigan created True Tone, a maker of LED Christmas lights that are indistinguishable from the vintage kind. True Tone quickly became a sensation, earning legions of devoted customers and fans and some very high-profile clients. I recently caught up with True Tone founder David Andorra to talk about the unlikely story behind the company, its recent successes, and the country music star who was blamed for buying out their whole inventory. I'll come back at the end to wrap up. And now, here's my conversation with David Andorra from True Tone. I'd like to know about your background, because I know you're a designer and you've worked on themed spaces and exhibits. So what kind of things do you do? So I have a, a long history of being self-employed, uh, working at all sorts of variety of jobs. In college, I got a job working at Marshall Fields on State Street in Chicago, a uh, big, awesome department store, working in the window displays. And then that led into work in nightclubs and doing special events. And that has led to all sorts of wild projects, working on exhibits and parade floats and all sorts of wild and crazy design work. What is it like to make a parade float? It's probably my least favorite thing to do in the world. Uh, and I'll tell you why that is. They're usually, usually the budget for a parade float, certainly for one that's a regional parade, are a little on the sm uh, smaller side, so you have to be extra inventive. But more so than that, the places where parade floats are built are usually some of the dirtiest, dustiest, sweatiest, kind of gross places that you would ever imagine something sparkly and fantastic coming from. Can you describe a parade float? Um, so I've done a lot of uh, uh, parade floats for for Chicago's Pride Parades. So some of the nightclubs that I've worked for have uh, hired me to do some of their work. I've also done uh, really ambitious work for the Shedd Aquarium for multiple uh, parades that they had done for Halloween and for uh, the Christmas parade in Chicago. For Christmas parades, I've always wanted to include Christmas lights on them, and I always really love the old-fashioned style Christmas lights, but you just could never power those off of a generator moving down the street. It's one of the things that sort of led my interest to True Tone. Yeah, this is what I love about the story behind True Tone, because you didn't set out to start this company. It grew out of a situation where you were trying to solve your own problem and then realized that there might be a market for the solution that you came upon. That's definitely true. 
like a lot of people, I've been looking for the style of Christmas light for years now, and I've wanted to use them in creative projects. I use lighting, special effect lighting, and uh, I've used C7 lighting, the popular Christmas lights, in, in making signs for a lot of projects for years now. So they're a, a type of lighting that I'm really familiar with. And as well, LED lighting had been coming to prominence, we've been seeing a shift from incandescent lighting to the LED lighting in the Christmas world. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of really awesome things about all of the brightly saturated hues that come with LED lighting. But then there's also what happens when you get sort of cheap uh, Christmas lighting that has kind of been uh, become ubiquitous. And like a lot of people have been waiting for someone to come out with an LED version that looks like incandescent year after year, nobody's done it. And so through my creative work, I've had a lot of experience of working with manufacturers domestically and overseas to understand a little bit about having custom products created. I was keeping my eye on the component prices for how I think that I would have made an incandescent looking LED Christmas bulb and noticed that the price had started to become more affordable and, and kind of comparable to some of the higher end LED Christmas bulbs and decided that I would make some. Of course, having those made, you have to have minimums. And so I, I decided as an offshoot to that, that I would order some for myself and make them available to other people. And this was in, this started in 2019. And in 2020 uh, is when we first debuted them. And I honestly thought that it would be a nice little sort of side business. I just completely underestimated the demand, the interest in these lights. Well, like you said, a lot of people have been waiting for something like this to come along for a while. And you know, it's like that old saying that good ideas tend to seem obvious in retrospect. And so when I first discovered True Tone, I wondered what took anyone so long to do this. And I think the way you describe it is it's not necessarily that nobody else came up with the idea. It's no one else was willing to do what needed to be done to produce these. Because you, as you mentioned, there's some uh, little quirks in producing incandescent looking LED bulbs. Yeah, it's not rocket science. It's certainly what I'm doing. And I think certainly lots of other people had come to the same conclusions that I had for how these lights could be created, just that no one had. And in the time that I've been working on this, it's True Tone has really taken over our lives uh, unexpectedly. And I've learned some things from that process. And part of that, uh, and these are all, you know, my own theories, but I think that a lot of Christmas lighting is innovated in an area of the world where our sort of uh, American style nostalgia is really, it's of course not uh, inherently part of their own uh, sensibilities and, and style. And so I think that's a big part of why we haven't seen. I think that we've run into a lot of resistance ourselves, even trying to explain why we would want to make a product like this when most of the manufacturers and people that we speak to in those industries don't have an understanding that why would we want to do something that uses old manufacturing techniques that are really disappearing and uh, when, when there's all these like uh, less expensive, easier to produce methods for creating much more vividly colored lights, which I think are viewed as a an improvement. And so why would we want to do what we're, we're asking to do? So the old style of making the incandescence is that the inside of the bulb itself is colored. Whereas nowadays, the way that you produce color is the, the LED itself. You have a, a colored diode. Is that the basics of it? Yes. And in fact, you know, our manufacturers at one point put color diodes in our lights without us asking and really thought they they were doing us a favor. 
So, um, yeah, for sure. There's a difference there because when you're producing light with a colored diode, you get a pretty narrow spectrum. And although the, the light color can be, the color of that light can be very, uh, very saturated, it's a very narrow spectrum. So it's missing that warm glow that we all associate with going about it sort of um, a less efficient way by using colored coatings to filter a, a warm uh, tungsten filament or a warm color of source, uh, source of light. We should say the product really does capture the vintage aesthetic. Everything about True Tone captures that vintage, vintage aesthetic. It's it's a full brand experience. I mean, everything from the packaging to the unboxing, your website. I've seen your conference booth with the, the wood paneling and all of that. Tell me how you approached creating the brand feel and how you executed on that. Gosh, that's my favorite part of this business. It's really where I shine. It's the kind of thing that I really enjoy doing and, and have done for quite a while. And it's interesting because uh, just sort of unexpectedly in the, for I guess about five years now, I, I've had a bunch of projects in Chicago and Philadelphia where they really lived in a vintage world. And I hadn't really done any work uh, focusing on vintage style design, but had to do some research for projects that really were rooted in a vintage aesthetic. And then True Tone, True Tone came along and gosh, like, if you're going to try to sell light bulbs online, it's really difficult because you can't show what a light bulb looks like illuminated in any true capacity. Our light bulbs look so much more vivid and saturated and, and awesome in person. And you just can only get a slice of that through an image. And beyond that, you can't convey exactly what is special about those bulbs without all that nostalgia. And I knew that going into this, that immediately the challenge was, how do you convey all of the, the specialness of these light bulbs through an image? So, of course, everything had to be associate, associated with all of the warm, fuzzy Christmas nostalgia that we have here that, that everyone associates with these bulbs. In the wrong hands, it could have become very gimmicky feeling. Was that something you were careful to try to avoid? Uh, yes. I mean, I think that's just my own personal sensibilities. I, I think that nothing we do is 100% authentic. I think there's uh, some wiggle room there. Part of that is on purpose. Part of that is just my, my own um, inabilities to really nail things. You know, I think like any creative person, you work on a project uh, over and over again, and you, you try to make things perfect. And then at the end of the day, you know, you have to you have to move on and there's, there's more work to be done. So I think, I think there are probably more critical than other people are of some of the things that I have done for True Tone. I don't think all of it's hundred percent authentic, but we all sort of have our own sense of nostalgia and what we remember. And there's definitely a lot of sort of vintage style things that out there, vintage inspired that really, I don't think hit the the mark. I think a lot of people don't have a good education or understanding of how to do how to really capture that design it's it's difficult i mean i i'm trying to capture a sense of design from a from an era that i wasn't alive in so uh, i only have to use reference materials and do my best to try to really dig into why a certain a design was done in a certain way and to try to replicate that as well as i can within reason so who are the people who are buying these well you would think well, I would have thought that our audience would be predominantly older, people who grew up with these lights. But you'd be surprised that people, our customers, are from all over the world and span ages you wouldn't 
expect to be interested or have uh, firsthand experience. But I think the way that I'm fascinated by something that's vintage before my own time, all of our, uh, gosh, how many Christmas movies are out there with these types of lights? And those those movies are so popular around the world, and anyone who has those associations is interested in these lights. People who are are from other countries are interested in them almost exclusively through American movies. And I would imagine that people who did grow up with them, like me, I, I grew up in the early 70s and 80s, so these were definitely part of my Christmas trees along with the bubble lights. They're the ones that actually are touching a bit of nostalgia. They, they actually lived through Christmases like this. And I would imagine that they're the ones who are having the strongest reactions to your product. Can you talk about any of interactions you've had with people who've, who've bought your products? Our customers are amazing. And the interactions that I have with them are surprising to this day. The deep level of emotional connection that people have with this style of lighting, and I think, dare I say, the gratitude that is bestowed upon us for bringing them to market feels like an incredible obligation uh, and also just feels like it's the best it's the best feeling I and mean, people have incredibly emotional responses that they share with us so nice uh, to hear that the work we're doing and it's light bulbs you wouldn't think i mean i wouldn't have thought that what we're doing would have such a deep and emotional impact but i'm certain that it's also part of our success a big part of our success well, speaking of that, you've had some pretty amazing successes recently. Uh, so why don't we start with uh, Dolly Parton's house? Gosh, uh, Dolly Parton, can you imagine? I think I sort of pinched myself at the time when on one of Dolly's, uh, their, Dolly's uh, creative assistants reached out. And the story that I heard was that there, the, the 60-foot tree that's out on the front lawn of Dolly's house in Tennessee had been installed with a bunch of LED sort of modern. She didn't like them and wanted them to be replaced with incandescent, but there was no way that they're short of putting in a whole new uh, line of electricity. You would never be able to have the, the number of lights on that tree as they were able to do with true tone bulbs. I think there's 5,000 bulbs. It must be the single largest installation of true tone bulbs still to this day. And like a lot of people, I think as excited they, as they were to see True Tones uh, on Dolly's front lawn, also blamed her for uh, taking all of the True Tone bulbs last year, which wasn't really true. But she certainly had created quite a, a scene on her, on her front lawn, and we're really proud to have had that. And so then more recently, you were actually at the Christmas Story House Museum in Cleveland. Yeah, the owner of that home has created, I'm sure some of your listeners are probably familiar with what has become of that home, and it's been turned into a sort of tourist museum. And the owner of that home, Brian, and I were communicating, and the museum has very specific needs that are different than uh, consumers' needs who are using Christmas lights seasonally for a few hours a day, while the Christmas Story home has their lights on 24-7. So Brian was explaining to me that they were forced to use the modern style LED lights because of blown fuses, constantly breaking circuits, and all of the sort of uh, high heat concerns and energy bills. So we were really proud to be able uh, to replace all of those modern LEDs with true tone bulbs, and the house looks fantastic, both inside and out. We were really fortunate and lucky to put lights on the tree, and the staff members were noticing it right away, the difference in, in, uh, in that effect. 
So what other projects are on tap for 2022? So this year, we're the official Christmas lights at Walman Rink in Central Park, New York City. So we're doing a very large rinkside installation with hundreds of our lights strung up under their gazebo overhang that is adjacent to the inside uh, the clubhouse warming hut. And that those lights are going up uh, very soon, and I'm very excited to see what that's going to look like. And it's an honor to, I mean, I've skated in that rink many times when I've uh, stayed in, in New York City, and I can hardly believe that our lights are going up there. David Andorra, thank you so much for joining me on Christmas Past. Thanks, Brian. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks for the invitation. I really enjoyed speaking with you. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. Go to truetone.com for more information. That's T-R-U-T-O-N-E dot com. Check the show notes to this episode for links to that and all of their social media profiles, too. I'll be back again next week with another episode as we continue counting down to Thanksgiving Day for the official kickoff to the 2022 season for Christmas past. Once the season begins, you can look forward to episodes on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday of every week, and of course, our seventh annual Christmas in Review on Christmas Day itself. So I'll see you again very soon. Until then, let me remind you that Christmas Past is produced in wonderful Willow Glen, California, by yours truly, Brian Earl. Thanks so much to David Andorra, and thank you for listening. Hey, thanks also for all of the wonderful early feedback you're giving me on the Christmas Past book. I love hearing from you, and you can reach out anytime at christmaspastpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and let me invite you to join our private Christmas Past Facebook group if you haven't yet. And hey, if you're really feeling the Christmas spirit, why not help more people discover this show? It's as easy as telling a friend about it or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. If you do leave a review, I'll send you a Christmas Past sticker and a handwritten Christmas card as my way of saying thanks. Reach out for details. And until we meet again, may your days be merry and bright.